As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Total Soccer Show and a special episode where we're joined by a very special guest, Mr. Adam Richmond. You may know Adam as the host of food and cuisine culture TV shows such as Man Vs. Food, but he's also a huge soccer fan who stepped up to help the soccer community on many occasions. In addition to playing at Old Trafford in the annual charity celebrity game Soccer Raid, the diehard Spurs fan has played a key role in helping non-league English side Grimsby Town, becoming a shareholder of the club in 2020. And he's also sponsored Broadly FC, a club set up in honour of a Grimsby Town fan who sadly passed away with leukaemia. He loves the game, he appreciates the community that holds it up, and he has a thing or two to say about stadium food. My name's Ryan Bailey, I'm joined by my TSS co-host Graham Rutherford in this episode as we chat to Adam about soccer, Spurs, Scran, and a whole lot more. And we even take in a few of your questions. Here we go! Adam, thank you so much for joining us here on Total Soccer Show. I have something to tell you straight off the bat. We have met before. Do you remember us meeting before, Adam? Can you jog my memory? It's July 2017. It's Red okay. Bull Arena, Harrison, New Jersey. Yes. Uh, International Champions Cup, Roma Spurs. That's right. So I was uh, I was doing the PA on the microphone at the stadium. Uh, I oh. spoke with you. I spoke with an NFL player called Kelvin Beecham and an, I want to yes. say an Irish wrestler whose name I forget. A wrestler. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, wait, wait. Uh, Finn Baylor. There we go. That's the one. That's the yes, one. Yes, yes. Yeah. I remember the conversation. I didn't remember that it was you doing it. So forgive my ignorance. <laughs> I, I remember that day very well, Adam, because I had to wear a Tottenham Hotspur shirt. And in fact, for the entirety Ooh. of that tour, uh, I am a Wimbledon fan and um, it was a hard garment to put on for me, Adam. No disrespect. <laughs> No, they were very tight that season. <laughs> they were um, but also, it was, if you recall, that game at the death, like at in, in garbage time, in the last, what, like 14 seconds? Um, I forget who it was, just went through the gears and just roared, you know, oh, down the pitch and beat us in the last minute yeah. of that match. 
Um, that was hard because it's funny. I've seen an inordinate number of the international matches that Spurs have played there, you know, and as I've gotten less famous, I've gone from the pitch to like up into the stands. <laughs> but I remember when it was um, Spurs Red Bulls and I had done some stuff and remember Eunice Kabul like coming out yeah. and giving me his towel and, you know, seeing, oh my God, Tom Huddleston. I now understand why they call him Tom Hundredstone. He's massive. <laughs> and, uh, you know, and I'm, I, at that time, gladly would have carried Gareth Bale's baby. So, um, <laughs> getting a chance to meet him, you know, and, uh, that, that was like a big time for me. Cause I had just really fallen in love with the team and I was doing interviews for Barclays and I had, was doing all this press and I came off the elevator and there was Rafa Vandervaart, Coelho Gomez, Brad Friedel and William Gala. No, no, uh, Benny Asabokoto. And yeah, that was, and so it's, it's, it's wild. Uh, I want to know about your Spurs story. How, why, why Tottenham? What brought you to that club? I'll try to do this as short as possible. So um, in America, so I played for seven years and loved it. And um, generally speaking, any game you saw with regularity on television was on like a UHF station. And it was almost always the Mexican first division, but sometimes the wide world of sports would show it. And then Satanta came over mm -hmm. and you catch a few more games, but the Prem had just come to Fox sports and you could start watching games with greater regularity and man versus food had just come to the UK uh, on the good food network. I was like, I've got English fans. I follow these people that are nice, that are cool people that are into it. And I was like, you know what? Maybe I should, declare for a team and i and i guess i didn't want what everyone else had so then i put it out to twitter i said yo who should i support and then someone posted a link to 100 greatest goals at the lane and i was watching it and i was like i've heard about them and don't they have a link to the jewish community and read about you know the taboo yid army thing and Daniel Levy and Lord Sugar and Tavistock and Joe Lewis and such, and read a little bit more how the notion of Yid Army was actually developed by the non-Jewish Tottenham supporters in solidarity with their Jewish brethren when Chelsea supporters would do gas chamber noises and fall down at Tottenham matches. So I'm the grandson of Holocaust survivors, so naturally I got no truck with that nonsense. So that I was like, okay. Can you tell us how you got involved with Grimsby? Adam? Yeah, man. Um, which, yeah. I mean, I don't know if uh, viewers out there have seen the, the movie with uh, Sasha Baron Cohen. Is it just called Grimsby? It kind of... The Brothers yeah, Grimsby. The Brothers, the Grimsby. Brothers Grimsby. I mean, it doesn't, and, it doesn't... It's not the most glamorous place in the world, Adam. Well, it's, to be fair, that uh, really upset a lot of people who live there. I'm sure. Because it depicted it, you know, like Fallujah. You know, it was just... It was terrible and this and um and it's this thriving fishing community in cleethorpes and lincolnshire and um they have you know they beat shankley's liverpool right and mm. they have been voted best fishing ships in the country and it's lovely salt of the earth people and uh, my friend matt newton who runs and manages the club that i fully sponsor a sunday league side uh 
called Broadly FC. He said maybe because the word Grimm is in the name, he doesn't know, but there's like amazing pieces of historical architecture that are in the fields, random bits of history just scattered through a beautiful strand. Um, wonderful fish and ships, my God. Um, but, and lovely, lovely people, like, like deeply lovely people in Grimsby. Um, that it's just such an unfair depiction. Uh, and so the way I got involved was I had, so in my very last day of that first press junket, I did fighting talk with my buddy Colin Murray on BBC radio. I was the first American and first rookie to ever win. And so I'm like riding a high. I did a few more appearances. We head to the airport. And I love that in, in England, people really listen to the radio. Like, you know, I'm from this Fern Cotton. And, uh, you know, she was explaining to me, you know, and Chris Tarrant, like, it's appointment listening. People, like, love their specific DJs. And so um, I did fighting talk and was speaking to someone from Virgin who had kind of walked me to the plane. And we were talking. And then I sat down. There was a guy to my right, like sort of well-dressed, like a businessman. So we're talking and we had a joke about it. And I said, well, who do you support? And he said, well, my prem side is, I forget what it was, but he's probably haven't heard of the club that I support, but it's called Grimsby Town. It's where I'm from. He tells this story about like how this, you know, store had kind of leveraged every penny and then Young's, this fish packing plant that had sort of employed more than, you know, half the town or something like this. You know, they were the kit sponsor and they had put every penny they could. And on more than one occasion, the town themselves put money back into the team and how people remembered where they were when Grimsby beat Shankly's Liverpool. And they tell stories like war stories. And it's, it, I found that wildly touching. And then he told me this story of an Italian striker named Ivano Benetti, who, um, because of the manager's perception of him having a crap work rate against Luton Town, threw a plate of chicken wings at him and broke his nose, <laughs> and um, which I've heard is now more folklore than fact. Yeah. And but he loved Grimsby so much, he was going to create a pipeline of Serie A strikers. I mean, <laughs> I guess now they go to the MLS, but in their sort of twilight years, they they go to the they would go to Grimsby because he loved it. He knew they would love it. He was so embraced by the town. So that stuff was really touching. And then during the pandemic, um, it was hard for everybody. They started selling shares. And your boy got some. So I'm a shareholder in Grimsby Town. And whereas in the Premier League, you have to, you know, be the state team of the UAE to play or you have to have, you know, be the owners of the Dodgers or of the Red Sox or LeBron James or members of Oasis to have a seat at the (laughs) table. Um, And I'm on basic cable, even if I have four shows they're on basic cable. And I'm gra- gratitude's the attitude. I'm not bitching. I'm just saying it's a very different thing. You know, Deadpool and Rob McElhenney are buying Wrexham. I own shares in Grimsby. It's a very different thing. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep. You heard that right. 
You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. All right, Adam. I think it is time to talk footy scram. Um, Graham, this is your area of expertise, I'd say. Do you want to, <laughs> you want to set up what we're going to do here? Footy scram, and for listeners who maybe don't no, Footy Scran is a, is a Twitter account. It's been a bit of a phenomenon over the last 12 months. And basically, its whole concept is that it tweets pictures of food that you would get at football matches. I think it started off at kind of lower league grounds in, in England because the food there tends not to be so good. But now the pictures, people send in pictures from all around the world, from Mexican games, from MLS games, from top Premier League games. And so what we did was we picked out a few examples of the best and worst of Footy Scran. <laughs> and we sent them to Adam before we recorded for his 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 thoughts. So we're going uh, we're gonna to run through this section now and it should be uh, pre- pretty fun to see Adam, what some of your thoughts are on some of the some of the examples. Some good and some not so good. Don't you think he needs to start a club like Hashtag United, like, you know, Footy Scran SC or like Real Footy Scran? Shout out to Tom Sibley, who runs the account. Sib is what he goes by. But like, you know, having done food and football shows and knowing that intersection, the guy's a goddamn genius. Like, and I'm stagnating. <laughs> He's like eclipsed me with followers and like – and you guys were the one who taught me. I never understood he posts, and then I guess people vote Scran or no Scran. Yeah. And then they people write in Scran United, Root Root <laughs> Scran Nisselroy, and whatever it is, you know, Scran City. And I, I I think that's that's bloody brilliant. All right, so let's go through a few of these. And the first one I'm going to call up here is from Birmingham City. And the picture we are looking at is described <laughs> as cheesy chips. It is a polystyrene plate of fries with, I'm going to call that like a cheap hamburger slice of cheese, just like carefully placed on top. It's not like the cheese is drizzled. It, there's no care and attention here. It's just a slice of cheese on top of some fries. This literally looks like the best day in prison. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so if you're, if you're looking, if you're this photo, for those of you who can't see it, imagine on a clock. So at 11 o'clock, you see a little bit of a can of Coca-Cola. As you come further towards the center of the clock, there's a beer. And then there's this like styrofoam tray of chips. And literally in the corner, not even on it, not in the center, like an afterthought, like a cranky kid threw a slice of American cheese, from a yellow American cheese from across the room, not melted, not anything. This, <laughs> yeah. Like this might be good once you cook it. <laughs> but no, this is definitely, uh, I don't know what we're rating it on the basis of, is it one to 10 or scran? So or is it a no scran? scran? Is it a no scran then? Yeah, no, VAR says no scran. <laughs> yeah. See, I have I have questions about how you even 
eat this because I don't know if uh, I don't actually know if cheesy chips is, is, a, is a British thing or maybe you get that in, in, in the UK but when you get cheesy chips from a chippy it's, it's kind of grated cheese on the top so it melts this this will not as you say there Adam it's like a, a single slice of cheese on the top it's not going to melt easily so are you meant to like wrap a chip in a yeah. slice of cheese yeah you make logist- like a cheese taco and then your yeah. fingers <laughs> that have been like in your hair and touching yeah. your bench and whatever and touching the turnstile as you go through and high-fiving people like and then you got to grab this cheese yeah no this this yeah they i i you know they should get relegated or at least drop a few (laughs) points for this this is a club that has suffered relegation that has had financial issues and generally has had a really tough time of things these last few years but i think this is the saddest thing that has ever happened to birmingham city i will buy them a toaster oven i want to put this out there i will buy them either an air fryer or toaster oven if they hear this (laughs) and some and ironically enough may i just say this so i pulled this up on my computer i'm not joking I guess because someone tagged BCFC on it, I see I see them as relevant people next to it, and yeah, if if anyone is a Birmingham listener, let them know. I'll send you an air fryer, my guys. Put this in an air fryer. Love your fans <laughs> a little more. Sixty seconds to joy. All right. Well, without an air fryer, that's four English pounds. That's going to cost you, which thanks to the economy is about four dollars at the moment. Um, let's go to USA. Wem- USA. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Nice. What a deal? Lovely strong currency. Let's go to Wembley Stadium, Adam. Um, I this is called a Bovril beef ice lolly. Graham has mentioned <laughs> Bovril on this show before, which it's. Graham, it's a, a meat drink, right? Like a broth it's meat yeah. drink. It's, yeah, it's like it's like be- a beef stock drink, essentially. Yes. And, it, and this is in ice lolly form, Adam, for a beef drink. So as a Spurs supporter, you know, going to Wembley is not something I get to do often, so I appreciate this. Um, my, my biggest question is why? <laughs> so I've noticed that this is free, that these were handouts. I guess if you grew up, on Bovril, like, or if you grew up on Marmite, you know that it's a taste that you love. It's a taste that you're used to. But on a hot day, is like as opposed to like citrus, like orange or lime or strawberry or something. It may not person, be that refreshing. Right. Like, who's the person that's like, oh, such a hot day. I could really go for some beef broth. <laughs> like, and if so, like, I need to contact the authorities. Just stay where you are, stay calm, and the authorities are on the way. That said, I think it is so funny to see the words beef ice lolly in one <laughs> on a package on purpose. Um, I'm saying uh, hmm, it's going to go to pens. I can't say oh. scran or no scran because it's, the uniqueness makes it interesting. And I would like to try it. I just don't want to get photographed trying it because I know it'll get photoshopped. And that, that's a bad, bad, bad shape, bad thing to work with. Well, you know, the Americans put um, a man on the moon. The Brits put beef in an ice lolly. I think that's uh, a nice summary of things <laughs> there. Uh, let's go to Manchester City, Adam. Uh, what we're looking at now are nachos from Eastlands. No, we are not. Well, it looks like you held. It looks like you held my baby cousin Kyle over these nachos. When he had a bad tummy. That's what this looks like. How is this nachos? So for those of you who don't know, it's like one of those like paper boats. And it's sort of an oriented in like an 11 o'clock to sort of 5 o'clock orientation. Bunch of chips with what looks like baby duty on it. Like it's, 
it looks like puree, like seriously, carrot baby food. Is that like a salt, like salsa or hot sauce? How is it? I not think it's made to be cheese. Is it not? That's the cheese. Oh <laughs> no, scran, never scran. <laughs> Find them, relegate them. No, no, come on, <laughs> man! Would... Y'all got so much money. You just got yeah. Erling Holland. I was, I was going to say you would think with the wealth of Abu Dhabi behind them that Man City could put together some some better nachos than this. Come on, Sheikh Mansour, at least come get on, some man. jalapenos on there or something. Please, come on, Sheikh Mansour. This is haram. This right here is haram. This is this is. Uh... That's the cheese? You're joking. You're <laughs> I joking. I think so. I mean, I, I haven't, I haven't if had so, uh, If so, if la- that's the cheese, distribute it. it that's the, <laughs> that, I don't know how if, – it looks if, – if it came out of a pump, it would be more runny. But did it come out of a pump and they baked it? No, nah, this is – this is bad. This, this, I think, someone maybe tagged Man City in it. And it's not actually meant. How are you going to afford Kevin De Bruyne and you can't afford cheese? Okay, so we got a couple more for you. By the way, listener, if you check the uh, the show notes, you can uh, follow the links to see what we're talking about here for, for, for a visual. I think these next two, you might be a little more positive about. So let's go to Pollock FC. Where that, is that? Is that Scotland? That's Graham? where I am. Yeah. That's in Glasgow. Yeah. Okay. What division are they in? Uh, I don't even know if they're in a division. They're not in the senior league pyramid, so they must be kind of uh, junior football. So that's below the fourth tier, which is where my Sterling Albion play, and they're worse than Sterling Albion. But they they might have good pies. Let's see what you think about this. Well, no, I love I lo- listen. My buddy Ali Bedoya, and you know, a guy that my mom. I wish we were in friends because my mom crushes on him super hard. Carlos Bocanegra both played for Rangers. Yeah, you know, and again, like. To hear like, oh, well, it's an American, not about football. Stay in your life, fat so, and just talk about food. <laughs> and then, you know what I mean? To see like Americans like doing big teams is pretty good. So shout out Pollock. And uh, I mean, look, it's carbs on carbs, you know, whatever. But, it, you know, it looks great. Scran, scran, hardcore scran, pound sixty, mac and cheese pie. Um, the crust looks like it's weatherproof. Like, I think yeah. you could have that outside in a storm and you'll be good. But, I mean, if, you're, if you've been on the beers and you're having a day of it, you know what I mean? Like, it's kind of the only pie you'll ever need. But, uh, you know, it's – I mean, it's comfort food to the max. But, yeah, it looks t- – if, if, if they brown that cheese or if it's hot, I'm into it. I'm into yeah. it. Scram. Big time scram. I'm glad that it gets the seal of approval because I must admit I am partial to a macaroni pie at a Sterling Albion game and it's the pies that we have at Albion games are nowhere near as good as this one at Pollock looks but this is Scottish cuisine at its very best where we have basically taken the best of Italian cuisine yeah. and stuck it in a pie. That's it, basically what we do with our food. Well, mac and cheese is, I mean, we could get into this but, you know, I, I don't know if people, yes, yes, it has roots in ancient Rome. This is true. Yeah. But uh, but and popularized by an American president, in point of fact. But uh, is this a common thing in Scotland? Like everyone knows a deep fried Mars bar and blah 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 blah. And Iron Brew and my friend yeah. Martin Compton, who was a teammate of mine. You know, there were there was a good Scottish presence on our team. You had James McAvoy and Martin Compton and Gordon himself. Uh, is the mac and cheese pie a big thing in Scotland? 
Yes, it is quite a big thing. And one of our fellow co-hosts, Joe Lowry, who's, who's not on the show today, he couldn't quite believe that uh, a macaroni pie was a thing. But he was, once he kind of, uh, once the novelty had worn off or the shock had worn off, he was kind of on board with it a little bit. So um, I think when Joe comes over and, and, and visits me, we'll have, to, uh, we'll have to treat him to a, a macaroni pie and an iron brew. And I think he'll enjoy it. <laughs> Yeah, well, look, I, how can how can people be like okay with a chip buddy, but like or a monster munch sandwich, but they go, oh no, mac and cheese in a pie they can't do, dude. In America, we're stuffing pizza crust with cheese and pepperoni. Like, <laughs> relax. Yeah, Graham, I'll add. I think you could describe mac and cheese as Italy's finest. I think if you came here to Rome and asked for mac and cheese, you'd be shown the door. <laughs> But what is what a mac and cheese? What American, right? So basically, we're just no, taking no, global it's, cuisine it's and putting it in a pie. Well, it's, it's actually, it's, so I just, I only know this because I'm a big food dork and I literally just did something on the history of it. It has its roots in, in Italy, actually. And it, and it was done with like sort of pasta sheets with sort of a grated cheese, similar to like a grana padano, and then came over and it was called macaroni supper. And yeah, it was, um, it was served J- James Madison and his uh, actually daughter put it in cookbooks and it was. Uh, a thing, but it was brought over, um, you know, Thomas Jefferson spent time in Europe and he had tried it and he had brought it over. Um, so it's, it's become so Americanized because, you know, we love carbs and, and cheese yeah, in, in whatever form, but yeah, exactly. Who doesn't, but I mean, look, it's heavy, but you're, this isn't, you know, you're not going to a Michelin restaurant in Denmark at a match you're 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 going to go out and wear your scarf and chant the chants and you need something to line your stomach basically and i think a mac and cheese pie would do that pretty effectively hell yeah i mean my my agent's english and uh, his uncle was the longest living uh season ticket holder for spurs i believe wow and he talked to me about having a quote-unquote cheeky nando's every (laughs) match day i'm like there's some heavy stuff there too you know, so I, I just think it's like you're out with the boys or you're out with the family and you want to have a bit of comfort food. Like <laughs> I, go, I love minor league baseball. Don't think I'm out here with quinoa and celery, my guys. I'm having sausages and peanuts and popcorn <laughs> and pizza. and It's the joy of going to sport. All right, Adam, one more bit of scran for you to yeah, judge baby. here. We've saved the best till last because we've saved the uh, sample from uh, the world's <laughs> greatest team, AFC Wimbledon. Um, just a bit of context here. At, at uh, Plough Lane, our stadium, they have food trucks. So they, they move in different ones for each game. So like there'll be barbecue there. There'll be Ethiopian. There'll be something different. It's really cool. And Love that. The, the example we have uh, here, Adam, is from My Pie London. Uh, it is a Ripman pie with mash. Mushy peas and gravy. Have at it. I'm biased. Mark Javot, a.k.a. The Ribman, is a dear, dear friend who I think is supremely talented. Um, and, like, I I remember my first press tour, like, I went to the, the – you know, you're getting fetid by, you know, these different – taking one to the Ivy and the Ox Hotel and la, 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 la. You know – the rib man at the time was at the Curb KERB market in Islington, and his stuff was the best food I had. Um, and so anything he does, I'm going to support. I'm a loyal friend, loyal to the soil. That's number one. So I'm never going to, to, as you say, poop on Mark. But I'll tell you this. This crust looks like a great pie crust. The, the meat, it's like shredded and juicy. 
The mushy peas look good. The mash looks good. There's gravy, extra gravy in the bottom of it. This this is this is in you know top three Champions League place right here. Oh, this is Scran. Yeah. This is the Scrampions League. <laughs> <laughs> this is excellent. And Bravo, Bravo Wimbledon, not just for having this, but can I tell you something? I love you know that now that Sunny is really coming on, that you're seeing more Korean faces in the stands, that you're seeing um, you know. Uh, N'Golo Kante interacting with Muslim fans around the world, you know, things like that. And it's about time that the food reflects the culture of the people that line the pockets of the team. And so I love, yo, kudos to to the Dons uh, for going out of their way, you know, not just for having great food and cool food. And because let's also step away from footy and just go, this is a great way for people to learn about food. Isn't England the country that was like, garlic bread, garlic and bread, you bastard. <laughs> and like, all of a sudden, people could learn about injera and teff and tibs and different Ethiopian dishes. And suddenly, you're building bridges. And in and, and a sport that is so sadly rife with racism, you know, you saw that terrible that image of Sonny going to take a corner kick and that numpty like pulling his eyes to, to do like that, that racist Asian eye gesture. And, you know, with all of that ignorance out there, that if food can be that bridge and make one more person try Ethiopian or Asian food or an Asian person try a delicious pie and chips and pie chips, mash and mushy peas, that's what makes the beautiful game beautiful. It's like the coolest global language there is. So, yes, this is Scrantastic, for sure. VAR says Scrant. <laughs> Wonderful stuff. Thank you very much for that, and we appreciate that. Uh, and, yeah, as I say, we saved the best to last because Wimbledon are fantastic all round. A+. Plus. All right. Um, How are they doing this season? <laughs> Uh, we are. That's a. That's a. Let's leave that better. Yeah, that, we might have to edit this out because that's an entirely different question. We are. <laughs> we, I didn't mean it like to be to be rude. I was just. I don't follow them obviously. Nah, we're doing okay. We're in League Two. We got relegated last season, and and um, uh, consistent. I'll, 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 is our pocket. We consistently bad. <sighs> consistently something. <laughs> this episode is supported by FX's Welcome to Wrexham. Celebrity owners Rob McElhenney and Ryan Reynolds' small-town Welsh football club has finally been promoted into League Two after 15 seasons in the National League. Dedicated staff and supporters celebrate the team's return to glory while bracing for the newfound challenges that come with being in a higher league. Will Wrexham AFC stand up to the challenge and rise again into League One? FX is welcome to Wrexham. All new Thursdays on FX. Stream on Hulu. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard it right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask me. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Adam, why don't, if, you, if it's okay with you, can we finish off with a couple of questions from our listeners? Is that okay? Please, by all means, and I'll try to shut the hell up. I, <laughs> one time I <laughs> Nigella Lawson said, man, you could talk the hind legs off a donkey. 
Well, we're here to talk. We really appreciate you doing so as well, Adam. So a couple of questions from our listeners. Uh, Nick uh, on Twitter asks, uh, he says he's got a very, his very specific prediction for the Premier League this season was that Tottenham would finish above one of Man City or Liverpool. What say you, Adam? If we have a chance of finishing above either one of them, it'll be Liverpool. Um, But the guy that we nearly signed that they got, Diaz, is proving to be a very big troublemaker. And, um, but I think city, city with city's just got too much firepower. I think De Bruyne, De Bruyne is just one of those generational talents and a difference maker. I don't know, these laser guided passes, these, it's like if Modric were bigger and had, you know, body could actually body people. And I've, you know, got a bromantic crush on Phil Foden and Riyad Mahrez for some time. So, um, yeah, there's just, there's just, there's just too much skill. I, I, I think the biggest threats are going to, are going to be city. I think city now that Holland's gotten a taste for goal again and wanting to prove to everybody, you know, who he is and that it's not just with Reina and the Bundesliga. I don't, I think if we have a chance of finishing above any of them, it'll be Liverpool, but top four seems reasonable. Yeah, Finishing yeah. above City is going to take some doing. I, th- I think I think it's not out of the question at all that Spurs could split City and Liverpool. I think finishing above both is going to be is going to be very difficult because one of them is surely going to be strong. But City integrating Haaland, Liverpool integrating Nunes, I think there's some potential for for that to to cause some teething problems. Yeah, but for I them mean, and I th- and I think Tottenham right now under Conte just look pretty settled and and they look like they know how to win even when they're not playing well. They've done a, that a couple times this season. So, I don't think it's out of the question at all that Spurs could uh, at least split the two of them. But you also have a nine, right? You have a second nine. You have someone like Richarlison that can give Kane days off. I mean, we were at a place last season where we need to bring Kane on to beat my beloved mighty shrimps of Morecambe. Of Morecambe. <laughs> By the way, great pies, superb pies at Morecambe. They sold Morecambe FC pies at Harrods back in the day. All right. Listener Drew Parsons asks, Adam, the best uh, stadium food, does it come in minor league baseball or lower division football? Minor league baseball. But I haven't, to be fair, I haven't been to enough minor league, like lower division football games to really assess. And... Like even like, like what? Like you know what I mean? Even first of it, you know what I mean? Like, I need to go to more grounds, um, and generally, like, the energy at the at the stands. You know, I, I'm not really so much hungry, but I love minor league baseball uh, food because it tends to be really regional, and the good places tend to work in local merchants. Some of them are crap. Like I've gone to some games recently where it's just like those cheesy chips, like just <laughs> no effort, like basically saying, here you are, you piece of trash. Like eat your food. Like I saw, I saw someone tweets, yeah, that's right. We're Taco Bell and we put the cheese on top of the lettuce so it could fall all over your car, you piece of garbage. <laughs> it's like, you know, just everything came out of a freezer and just got thrown on a grill so- by some – yeah, 
I've never been to a minor league baseball game before. Been to plenty lower league, uh, lower division football matches. My team is a lower division football team. But as I say, never been to a minor league baseball game. So what, what's like the quintessential minor league baseball food? Like, what are we talking about here? Are we talking about hot dogs or what What would you want to no, see? No, that's the thing that's, oh, well, for York to see from minor league baseball come over to the UK or to come to other teams. Well, that's what I mean. Something regional. So if your town has a great Southeast Asian population, Serve some samosas. Have some pakoras. They're fried. They're delicious. Have a little like thing of chutney or a little thing of raita. You know, th- like that's the key. Like Wimbledon is doing it. You heard they're doing Ethiopian food. They're doing, you know, I saw like um, Woolwich had like some kind of Korean prawn thing. Uh, I-, I just think that that's the way forward. You know, these are multinational uh, countries now, like multi-ethnic countries now. And I think just doing the same pie and chips, pie and chips, fish and chips, it's fine. And you'll get the old heads that want that. But I think to play with some new, big, bolder flavors and introduce people, that's the way. And so like, for example, the gateway Grizzlies who aren't even part of the major league system, they're in the frontier league. They're outside of St. Louis. They have like, um, They're called baseball's best nachos, but they do like thinly pounded steak that they like. They're called steakums, you know, like using a Philly Mm cheesesteak. They put them on the grill with onions and peppers and put them on tricolored chips and real jalapenos because you can get fresh chopped jalapenos. You can get them. You can just get them like from a mass distributor and you put those and then shredded cheese and and, and there's like broilers that are on conveyor belts and they are – I mean, if if the if, if the Gateway Grizzlies can afford them, then without question, some of these teams in in divisions below the Prem can afford them. But I think again, if you have a town that has an Indian population, a Chinese population, a Senegalese population, there's so so much flavor. And I bet, like, what a great way to create a synergy between the town and the team. I just went to um, the New York Boulders. Who again, Frontier League, not affiliated with any major league team, no money from a major league team. The New York Boulders in Ramapo, they had a local pizzeria come and bring in an oven. They had a local guy who had like a little gyro or gyro for some of you who don't know, but like, you know, did shish kebabs and gyros there. Sure, they had the typical hot dogs and sausages and peanuts and popcorn, whatever, but they had local purveyors, they had local beers. And like though that little difference. Because maybe someone tries a sandwich from a, a chicken burger or whatever, and they go, that's great. Wait, you guys are in town? I, I want to have this again. Oh, what else do you have on the menu? And then suddenly the experience doesn't end at those three whistles, right? And and you can carry it on, and maybe you go in, and the chef is also a supporter of the team, and you can sit down at the bar, and you can can talk and talk theories and who, who should we bench and who should we start and now you build the football family that way. So hopefully that answers your question. Let's get another another listener question. Yeah, one final one for you then, Adam. Uh, from Danielle, this is a big one. What is the best scran you've ever had at a soccer match? That is a great question. Um, I've never eaten at either White Hart Lane nor the new stadium. I was at the first game. Drank my share of neck oil, though. Um, <laughs> you didn't visit the cheese room at the new stadium then. <laughs> that was part of the plans, I think. They were going to have a cheese room, and then uh, I'm not sure what happened. I don't think it materialized. Man City needs just... a cheese room, doesn't it? 
Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yes, yeah, City and, and, and Birmingham both look like they need a cheese room. Uh, no, I mean, and I love, I love that they, you know, by the way, like now you see teams are integrating like a club kind of atmosphere. Like they have like live music or like DJ and stuff to keep fans there and make it an experience, which I think is really kind of lovely. Um, I'm going to go with Markham. You know, I spent time there and the pies, the the guy who created the crust was a French pastry chef. And um, I met the chef and the, the chicken, I think it was like steak and ale. There was a chicken and leek pie. Um, but the crust was light. The filling was substantial. It held in all the liquid and stuff. Um, but this, it smelled good. It tasted good. Uh, I, I just, that was, that was extremely good. I mean, generally speaking, I've been to Loftus Road. I've been to Stamford Bridge a couple of times. I've been to the Etihad. No. For the nachos. No, I've been to the Emirates. The Emirates. The Emirates. Excuse me. The Emirates. So much, Middle East, so much money from the Middle East. I forget who. But I went to the Emirates. That was my first match. Uh, Clint Dempsey was playing for Spurs and he got me tickets that time. Um, and yeah, I really haven't been to too many grounds, but. Uh, no, I, I loved the. I thought the pies at Morecambe were extraordinarily tasty. Really, really good. You need to come to to Scotland to the Scottish Lower League. So the best scran that I've ever had at a match is at a stadium called Station Park, which is where Forfar Athletic play, right up on the the east side of of uh, the east coast of of Scotland on the North Sea. And there's a very specific reason for me that they have the best scran. So Forfar is is famous for its for its brides. Forfar brides are, are pretty famous in, in Scotland. They? And a bride, as as I don't know if you know, uh, Adam, I don't know how much of a local delicacy this is, but if if you don't know, a, a bride is a, essentially a meat and onion filled pastry. Okay. And there's one place in particular called a bakery called Sadlers of Forfar and they do the best for for Bridies and they have a kiosk right in the stadium it is absolutely glorious and it is the the best away day in Scottish football just for that very reason that you get a for for Bridie at the game that's tremendous I would say honorary mention for me would be um Montreal Impact because it's for the same thing you just said using local business owners I mean everybody knows poutine in Montreal but they have what they call viande fumée, like smoked meat, similar to like pastrami or corned beef. They have like things like that there. And again, really embracing the Asian population there. They've got really good, really good offerings there um, in the stadium, I mean, not around it. Um, and then I'd say the second honorary mention, the second Champions League place. And I'm trying to go through, because there's lots of places with great food around the stadium. But I'm trying to think about like inside the ground who had some really, really bomb stuff. Um, actually, I had a really good, really good hot dog at Ciudad Lanús in Argentina years ago. Really, really good. You'd think it would be at Eintracht Frankfurt of all places. <laughs> um, I had the curry worst there. It was I. But no, um, Ciudad Lanús, I saw them play, play Caracas in the Libertadores Cup, and it was crazy. Stray dogs in the stadium and cops at riot gear and tubas and stuff. Um, but yeah, they, they have, that is a damn fine hot dog. Wonderful stuff. Adam, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you today. Thank you so much. Uh, just to let everybody know, uh, The Food Build America is coming back on screens very soon. Season four of that, we're excited. And you've got a pretty cool show coming up on Complex, is that right? That's right. Complex First We Feast. 
You may know first we feast from Hot Ones. Um, with my buddy Sean Evans with Celebrities Hot Wings Hot Questions. Uh, they're launching their first podcast called The Meals That Made Me, sponsored by Lexus, actually. But uh, they're not giving me any money to say that. I'm just saying it point of fact. <laughs> but because um, it's their 10th anniversary, they're rebooting a show they have, The 10 Dishes That Made My Career. And we're interviewing everyone from rappers to actors to chefs, like big celebrities uh, from – the rapper E-40 and Ghetto Gastro, to Chef Esther Choi, to Andrew Zimmern, uh, to Chef Anita Lowe. I mean, pretty pretty significant heavy hitters. Evan Funke for the Angelinos who know Felix and uh, Mama Wolf. Um, but yes, it's called The Meals That Made Me, and it starts September 28th, wherever you get your podcasts. And uh, it is amazing. I just... If you're interested in food at all and interested in the people that are really the pace setters and really shaping it and the foods that made them, it's a bomb. We will be sure to check that out, Adam. Thank you very much once again for joining us. And uh, if you take anything away from this uh, this uh, chat with us, it's don't have the nachos at the Etihad, Adam. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good life lesson. Yeah. And, and Birmingham, I am not joking. This is a genuine offer. The toaster oven will be in the post uh, just or the air, air fryer. We could go. I'd like to maybe find I could find a machine that does both. But melt the cheese. Nachos have melted cheese. Crying out loud. <laughs> Come on, Birmingham. All right. Adam, thanks again. We appreciate you. Of course. Appreciate y'all. Thank you. Yeah, thanks, Adam. Thanks.